Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns, the podcast where three film fans discuss a movie and then pitch their own ideas for sequels to that movie. Today we're discussing 2017's Wonder Woman, because what does the world need more of than the opinions of three middle-class male nerds of that film? This podcast contains spoilers for Wonder Woman, as well as other films in the DC universe, including Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Suicide Squad. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's Diminishing Returns again. This week we're looking at Wonder Woman, the latest installment of the DC Universe. My name is Alan. With me, as always, is Calvin. Hello. And Saul. By the power of Greyskull. (laughs) Activate. Is that DC? I don't know. Okay, so... That's that uh, car insurance warehouse advert, isn't it? Oh, neither of you watch terrestrial TV, do you? Oh, damn it. Never mind then. There's an advert with He-Man and Skeletor in it and people Ooh. get upset. Ooh, just watch out. I'm just, uh, just going to sit down on this chair, but it's it's all spiky. It's made out of swords or something. Ooh. Fantasy. Game of Thrones. Oh, right, yes. Right. Is that, that, is, that is Game of Thrones, right? I've never yeah, watched it. Yes. Yes. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of extras that are in Game of Thrones that are also in uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, I suppose they all filmed it in um, the UK, quite a lot of it. So that makes sense, I suppose. So why are we talking about Wonder Woman? (laughs) This is the worst intro. (laughs) I think our our bit was fine, Saul. It's just... (laughs) You went off on some As long as you can, like, take my entire bit out there, just chop it out, it's fine. So who's... um, Who's? Why are we? Why are we talking about this today? Is it because Justice League is out? <laughs> oh yes, or going to oh, be out fuck, soon? Yeah, uh, that's right. fine. Okay, then. And that's shit. good. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Right. Did uh, so? We've talked about the DC film universe before, and none of us have been big fans of it, apart from Alan, who loved Suicide Squad for some reason. Yay! <laughs> no. <laughs> and then hated it like six months later. Yeah. Uh, and uh, not we're all sort of tepid on Man of Steel. We, none of us liked Batman v Superman. So here we are, the fourth installment in a pretty um, unexciting universe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I only watched it last night. I didn't see this at the cinema, partly because I was you're sexist. No, I was I was burned from Suicide Squad, and I was like, I'm not. See, they they wouldn't let him into a women only screening, and so he boycotted it. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot that there was all those about this. Uh, yeah, about there's a lot of protests, weren't there? And uh, well, that's the thing about this twats getting upset on. Well, the, with this film, Twitter. there's come a lot of uh, debate and discussion about uh, women in film and, and feminism in general. And I think that's all. A lot of that is valid. I also think a lot of it is total shite, uh, and a lot of the discussion that goes along with this is just people shouting at each other for no reason. Sexist. Um, uh, now, uh, on both sides, a lot of shite. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, we could, if we could avoid Man a lot of that... Uh, Misandrist. 
If we could avoid a lot of that, that would be great. We could discuss the sort of overall topics. That would be br- brilliant. But, uh... You cunt. No, I, I, I agree. Cause <laughs> you I can't think say cunt. One of the, it's not on. One sexist. Of, one of the things that women. Y- is unavoidable coming to Wonder Woman is How that How could you I just, be sexist? My it, mother was a woman. Is that you, you, you can't come to it with sort of no baggage. It's like... I don't think any superhero film, certainly in the DC universe, has been so politicised as this. I think it is good for us to get this sort of out of the way now, all this sort of feminist talk. Because I'll admit, yeah. w- w- watching it, I was just sort of like, okay, well, this is a, a very good female-led um, action film. And I suppose when you look mm. at history, we've talked about Catwoman before... An example of a very bad one, Electra, Eon Flux. Like, a lot of these um, female-centric action films never do terribly well. Resident Evil is, ironically, one of the few franchises that uh, made a success of it, arguably. I just want to come out and explain where I stand on this film in broad strokes to kind of uh, contextualise all of my weird, ironic joking, because I'm in a weird <laughs> mood tonight. Um, so... I, I sort of agree with you, Calvin. I, I think Wonder Woman was a surprisingly, uh, given DC's track record, a surprisingly solid film. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Hmm. Uh, I also felt that it was nothing special and people are acting like it's this incredible, amazing triumph purely for a handful of reasons, uh, one of which is very much the politicized element the fact that this is the first real uh female-led superhero film there was of course mm. supergirl in the 80s i believe but uh and catwoman and a few others but it's it's you know the the first proper tentpole not a spin-off kind of i mean well it is technically a spin-off <laughs> what is it? It's it's the I... first <laughs> it's the first big go of it in this slate of superhero <laughs> Films, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think they have existed. There was that Charlie's Theron film, and then there was that. Oh, what was Aeon that? Aeon Flux. Yes, and there was that Mili Ovovich. Uh, oh God, what was it called? Ultraviolet Catwoman, as we've said, Electra. I think they've been. Yeah, but, but they they're all kind of they're female led action movies, and they're arguably superhero movies, but they're not they're not quite comic book superhero. Like I said, they're not really well, part of it. Yeah, Catwoman is, but they're not really part of. Do they um, have a two hundred million dollar budget? Yeah, I, I, I think mean, that's it was kind of it, really. Comparable but... for the time. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know about but, that. But anyway, uh, the point I was making is I think this film got a hell of a lot more attention and more love from people who felt that they kind of had to give it extra points for what it was doing. And then, of course, on top of that, you've got the fact that you've got. Uh, all the DC fans that are like, yes, finally a, a passable <laughs> DC movie, a good and one. So they're yes. acting, like, they're acting like it's a five star film as well. On top, I of think it. that's definitely more of it than um, it just because it's oh, it's a woman. Uh, see the remake of Ghostbusters for an example of how that doesn't work. Uh, if it was a bad film, it would still be a bad film. But it is a good film, uh, and that's me saying that. I think it's a good film. Uh, and it's not my type of film Uh, so I think yeah the the DC universe needed a hit Mm. yes Uh, and this was it and it's 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 bought them time at least but yeah it's one of those things when you're when you're starving 
um, anything will taste good. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. when you look at some of the reviews and the you know saying it's better than any of the Christopher Nolan Batman's or um, yeah, anything that, that's in the Marvel, sort of stuff that's it's... just ludicrous. It's not even. Yeah. It's honestly, I, I think I said this in, in our review of the year part one episode because I'd seen it at that point, but it, it, it's probably the worst superhero film I've seen this year, and and I like it, but. I mean, have you seen Thor Ragnarok, guys? No. No. And I I loved Spider-Man, and I loved the Lego Batman movie, and I loved Logan. Oh, Logan's been... Oh, I definitely prefer Logan. I wouldn't... I'd hesitate to call Logan a superhero film, even like in the sense of what we think Mm. of as a big-budget action film. Um, But but there you go. I liked Logan, and it wasn't... The norm of what you'd expect. I like. For me, I like this. For me, this is closest in quality to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which I also enjoyed, um, hmm. but it also wasn't massively remarkable. And I'd say that this is kind of the the bog standard level that well, this superhero is... films ought to. To be honest, it reminded me of because uh, this one of the things was people were acting like it was this amazing original film. Oh, we've never had a film quite like this. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's Captain America with bits of Thor thrown in. It's, mm. it's the exact same thing. I mean, yeah, it's World War One rather than World War Two. Totally but... different. <laughs> different uniforms. But... So. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... But, they, but they, that's interesting because I, I did like this film and uh, I don't generally like big blood, big budget action superhero films. So mm. perhaps there was something in here that appealed to me. Well, I think that, in terms of scale... It might, it might be the same reason you didn't like it, because it wasn't doing something you wanted it to do. Well, I, I did think, like it. Yeah, but, okay, yeah, I know what you mean, but um, yeah. uh, perhaps it didn't just tickle you in the right way. I'm not a sexist, all right? Let's get that clear. I'm, well, I'm... it's strange you brought that up. It makes it sound suspicious. Because <laughs> you said I didn't like it, and now everyone's <laughs> going to think I'm sexist, Alan. <laughs> in terms of scale, though, this is much uh, lesser than, well, every film in the DC universe so far, most superhero films. It's like, there isn't actually that much action in it. You know, um, you know what's a great film? Mean Girls. Ooh, I love that film. That that's female a female-led. <laughs> female-led film. That's a great film. Directed by a man. <laughs> or Lost in Translation. That's a great film. Directed by a woman. Written by a man. Oh no, no, written by a woman. Yeah. Um, oh, I love Lost in Translation. With Ooh. Bill Murray. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Um, who? Bill Murray supporting. Even. Uh, Can I ask you guys what you make of, like, because James Cameron's been getting into a bit of trouble online recently about comments he made about this film. Uh, he didn't I don't know what the like hell he thinks he's. I don't know what he thinks he's doing. I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why he's. I mean, is he even attacking it? He's just making some well, less enthusiastic comments about it. It's not like he was... Uh... I I kind of agree with what he's saying, because he, he, he seems to have a problem with the idea that this is touting itself up as a, a triumph for, for feminism, and yet Wonder Woman is sexualized in this film. Oh, people, completely. Like, I've read so many reviews that go, oh, it's so refreshing to have a film that doesn't have the male gaze and whatever. It's like, what are you talking about? She's... She's shot to be like this stunning, beautiful woman who, who's, you know, and I think that that's fine because she is a. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not I don't have a problem with that. I'm just. Wonderful. And I think you, but obviously it's a you bit can still be a feminist, to... and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just odd way to, she does, but... like I say, the reviews I've read have like acted as if this film doesn't do any of that, and it it does. Oh yeah, yeah, and. 
and I think James Cameron, you know, who has made a point of being a feminist um, throughout his career and and strong female leads and all that sort of stuff, I think it's probably winding him up because um, he's got some kind of chip on his shoulder that like everyone should be giving him praise for what he did mm. and not this film and it it's one of those things that like i kind of i roughly agree with him but just shut up james like yeah just, like let it go and no one like it's, it's nothing to do with you if you didn't think it was that amazing a job fine you don't have to you mm. know go on about how great it is but and especially how he's uh, defending his own work by saying look at linda hamilton she looked crap yeah. in that film i did and that was much <laughs> more about feminism so you were married to her james <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. this is this it's... is part. This is partly my problem with, uh, well, the world in general. Um, it's just <laughs> it's just really annoying, isn't it? <laughs> but this is why this is why I have to kind of shut myself out from the wider world because any cause, any 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 you know uh, thing that people are trying to get behind, they inevitably try and pull in other things or try read something into it that's not there, or yeah. or then try and oh, double God. bluff themselves, right. or they're trying to oh. And on both sides of any argument, and it just becomes this, especially on the internet, it just becomes this hive of bullshit, and mm. and you you just it really winds me up. So well, my, so Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> point was that I think this film, because of it, because of the nature of it, has attracted a lot of uh, attention and a lot of bullshittery that I would like to cast aside. Yeah, um, I want to. So, talk, I mean, let's talk we've, about we've, the film itself. Well, I was going to say we we've kind of. We've Down kind of that, covered on. it there, right? Can we yeah. can we just like <laughs> leave that there and that'll I think about we should film. lie in the sand and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So as a film, Wonder Woman, uh so so what's DC done so far? Man of Steel. Man of Steel, Batman v Dreadful. Superman. Batman v Superman. And Dreadful. both those both those things come come with a lot of baggage. Uh Superman and, and Batman. There's a there's a big history there. And mm. so you're dealing with a, a different issue. As opposed to say Wonder Woman, which doesn't have the same lineage. Well, it was a TV show Wonder and TV Woman, movies, but that's not is, Wonder, that's not yeah, the but, same as some of the biggest films ever made. Yeah, it, yeah Wonder, right. Wonder Woman is a. I'd argue Wonder Woman's a bigger deal than Suicide Squad. Well, that's uh, yes, yeah. exactly. So Suicide Squad. Wonder was, Woman is kind of the last in in terms of comic books. Wonder Woman is a maybe not an A lister, but certainly a B list superhero, and. In this day and age, that is... I mean, I think she's basically the last superhero of her scale within the comics to to be given a film of her own. Mm. Why do you think that um, is? But that that's the thing. That's why there's so much baggage here. And, and Joss Whedon was trying to uh, make a Wonder Woman movie for the longest while. Uh, oh, a, a I few, didn't know that. A few years ago, I believe. Uh, before the superhero boom, he... I think he... I think the project was officially greenlit. He was certainly writing it. Hmm. Um, and it just never quite came together for whatever reason. And there have been attempts to do it. It's just never come together. I think pre-2008, more people would have heard of Wonder Woman than probably even Iron Man, certainly Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy, Ant-Man, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, all those. Like, I think in public consciousness, she is there, and maybe that's due to the TV show, or I don't know, but she is probably the A-list female superhero. And yeah, it finally came together with... Uh... Uh, the director of the original carnation of uh, Thor: The Dark World, 
having mm. dropped out from that film and mm. uh, DC scooped her up. Patty Jenkins, is it? Yes, yes. So she directed Monster, I believe. Yeah. Charlize Theron. I think she'd ma- mainly just in dramas. Mm. Mm. And I think uh, I think that comes across in this because I think this is mm. this feels like a film that's not focused on bang bang uh, explosions. Mm. It feels like it's it's uh, it is at least making a conscious effort to tell a, a story as well. Yeah. One thing off the bat, I'll say is that uh, this film suffers from being a part of the DC universe, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even if you were to trim the needless opening and ending bookend sequences where she yeah uh, she's in modern times emailing Bruce Wayne and what have you even if you got rid of that altogether it's inherited Zack Snyder's aesthetic mm. and that is not something in favor of the film like that <laughs> it, it, it doesn't suit the film it's annoying when you get to these battle sequences and it's suddenly like doing shit slow motion and half of it it gets away with half of it just doesn't feel right and it feels like a studio note has come down from dc you have to do this in the same style that Zack snyder is has been using Mm. in his films but it doesn't even if it looked good it it doesn't really fit the tone of this film in any Mm. way this feels like it should be a much more just the kind of film it is and the sort of values that Wonder Woman and her society have and everything, you'd feel like this is a film that would benefit from long, well-choreographed takes rather than, you know, flash cuts and, and mad slow motion and CGI. Mm. And so it, it just... Basically, this film faced a real uphill battle uh, from the get-go, yes. and that's that's one of many obstacles in its way that it had to mm. inherit that. I mean, another, another thing on that... Uh, on that note, actually, is that they, Patty Jenkins has spoken about how she inherited the casting of Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, isn't it? Sorry, not Gal Gadot. Oh, and uh, got to pronouncing think, it wrong for so long. <laughs> I think it's Gal Gadot. Um, but sorry, she she inherited uh, Wonder Woman's casting from Zack Snyder as well. She basically said, "I I would never have cast Gal Gadot in the film." Well, yeah, I mean, when you look at uh, but, her filmography, like, what does she have? Uh, Fast and the mm. Furious? Uh, I can't think of anything else big that she's been in, blockbuster-wise. And, and there was a lot of criticism when she was cast, because she, you know, Wonder Woman is meant to be Amazonian. Uh, she's meant to be tough and muscular, and, and Gal Gadot is quite, you know, thin and, and more of a supermodel uh, yeah. build, and exactly. that wasn't really what you know, there were a lot of very unhappy people when the casting was announced. But, hmm. um, but you know, to give to give her credit, I think she does a great job in this film. I think her, her performance mm. is good. She sells the whole being a super being thing. Yes. Um, even if at times you do think maybe someone with a, a more muscular build would have made logical sense. I don't know, but 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 it works yeah. in the context. I mean, of she the did beef up a bit for it, didn't she? So like, yeah, yeah. she did kind of do the f put the effort in. And it, like I say, it works in the context of a superhero world with super beings. I mean, we see all the women on the island that she lives with, and it's um, Robin Wright and uh, all these other sort of very slim women, I would say. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just buy it. They're superheroes. It's fine. So yeah, the film opens on uh, what's what's her home planet dimension? Uh, pain island? of existence. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's like a camouflaged 
island, isn't it? Basically. Oh. Just... Oh, I thought it was like a different dimension or something, but it's actually just like a cloak over. Well, I don't know. It definitely exists on a kind of different plane because the weather doesn't pass into it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hated the first 20 minutes. Uh, on that island. When I went to see mm. this film, I was sat there watching it, and it was like, oh god, this is cheesy. This looks. This is like I'm watching Xena, Warrior Princess, just mm. yeah. like the TV show. With a this bigger is budget. Really, this is really bad. It, it, this is poorly edited and plotted. I'm bored. DC have fucked up again. Everyone's pretending to like this film to wind me up. <laughs> really didn't like it. Uh, then mm. we get to... It is about twenty minutes in, isn't it? We we get to, and I think part of why I don't like it, I should add, is that it's this. No men. It's all this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 the pomp and circumstance of um, high fantasy. You know, it's like watching mm. Lord of the Rings and just these people talking about the bullshit. Yeah, there's like that. a prophecy. Like this, well, this was our complaints about Thor. Last, it's like last, it's like Thor, ago. but you you kind of. But there's I think no men. Thor does it a tiny bit better. It's got slight bit more tongue-in-cheek. The fact that it mm. opens with him getting hit by a truck kind of tells you, just bear with this for ten minutes, it's gonna be alright. <laughs> so, I hated the first 20 minutes. Then we get to, uh, just out of nowhere, uh, what's he called? Chris Pine? Captain Kirk? Chris yeah, Pine. what's the character called? Oh. Steve. Oh yeah, I remember it being Steve. something really dull, because at the end when she's shouting, Steve, into the sky, <laughs> I was like, oh god. Uh, so yeah, then Steve just comes flying out of an airplane one day, and like crashes into the sea, and she goes to save him. And, uh, and so you started liking from, from it when that... a man turned up. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then there's no, more men, German men. I did though. And, and, well, I mean, that's I when the story I... starts, that's when the actual story, and there's a relatable character there, because he's from the real world. It's not even that. I think it's the injection of this World War One aesthetic suddenly yes. kind of makes the I film interesting that. to me. Yeah. And I, well, like and I, say, I don't humor. really like the fantasy stuff. And humour, certainly. Yeah, because yeah. so, until then it's quite dry and everyone's yeah. quite po-faced on this island and they're all speaking in a funny accent and talking about prophecies and gods and all that nonsense. Mm. Yes. Mm. And uh, I quite liked it from this point on. He's called Steve Trevor. And Wonder Woman is called Diana. Stan Lee would never let that get past him, would he? <laughs> it'd, have been, it'd have had some alliterative name in there. It'd be Book Book of Deer. But yeah, well, can we talk? Can we talk a little bit well, about Steve? Captain America's Steve as well, isn't he? Steve oh, God, Rogers he is, is yeah. that? Is that him? Yeah. At least Steve Rogers is a verb. You know, it's it's got something about it. <laughs> can we talk a bit about Captain Steve and his role in the film? Because this is a much is it criticised element of the film? Um, um, I think some men's rights activists were complaining that he was a, a like beta male at the beck and call of a woman. They didn't like that what? very much. What? No, he's not. <laughs> he's totally not. He's leading her through most of it. He's. I'm not. I'm not agreeing with them him. when I say that. Oh I'm, no! I to- yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I like him very much in this film. I mean, what I will say is, this is a a rather unusual dynamic in that he is the the romantic interest role that would normally mm. go to a woman. 
mm. and that is very notable when you're watching it, mm. and that is quite Ooh, refreshing to they see. They give him more to do than like Natalie Portman, though, or whatever. True. Like a lot of the film That's feels like true. a twofer. It feels like a dual lead rather than um, yeah, I her guess lead. So. Um, but maybe that's just because he's the one who brings the plot. He's the one guiding her through this new land, and with which she has no clue, and she's kind of misguided for a while. The one bit that really stuck out to me that irritated me actually is uh, much later on in the film when they've been out, they've had a really nice time, and they're flirting and whatever, and they go up to her like hotel room or whatever, and um, th- this is they obviously fuck. the part of the film. Well, yeah, when they're gonna screw. Um, it annoyed me because he walks her to the hotel room, she goes in, and then she's just sort of stood there with these, you know, lovely eyes looking at him longingly, and he motions, like he's about to leave the room, and then because she's looking at him that way, he's like, nope, alright, closes the door and goes on and, um, has sex with her. It annoyed me that she didn't take the initiative in that, other than standing she there. Under, she doesn't know what sex is, Calvin. Yeah, from the island. yeah, from the character's point of view, she is very much a knife. Uh, mm. about don't things, they even isn't don't they even say like earlier on on the boat? Uh, isn't there a whole thing where where she's like, "You will have to show me this sleep with you thing sometime," <laughs> and he's like, "You're sort of like, oh well, I don't know about that, but." What is this yeah. thing you humans call love? Yeah, that, that <laughs> happens though, right? I'm sure there's a scene earlier on where she basically says well, something like that. I must admit, the relationship between them and this whole kind of true love beats all kind of thing um, did annoy me. It was definitely my mm. least favourite part of the film. Uh, I think it's another but, it's another man abusing his uh, position of power over a, a woman, to be honest. Well, that is <laughs> traditional, so who, who are we? I, I, you know what? I, I'm going to... I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, Alan, but one thing I'll say is I, I genuinely... Um, I mean, we, we're going to get into spoiler territory about this film, surely, right? I can... Yeah. Right, so I, I genuinely cared about their relationship by the yeah. end of it, which is something yeah. I cannot say about 99% of these sorts yeah. of films. It's so... Yeah. Normally I am so angry that they try and make me care about some bullshit romance they've just shoved down my throat that's had no development. But, yeah, this felt... It felt like it had developed enough to get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't like the concept in general. So it was, but like I said, I like the film, but it was, but it was a bit, yeah, they've dealt with it probably as well as you can, I suppose. And I think it works well in terms of the ending and the fact that ultimately he dies and that, but you know, in such a way that kind of uh, fuels her kind of belief in faith in humanity. Mm. He is uh, he is coming back for the sequel though, so I'm not entirely sure. Oh, if, uh, Oof, that does concern. Oh me. no! Ru- rumored to be set in the 80s. Huh. I'm hoping it's going to be like a flashback. But oh yeah. Yes. Well, my 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 point on that was yeah they they killed him off at the end and all, and all the way through the end I'm thinking oh god he's going to turn up in a parachute or something. And mm. and they didn't and they didn't. I was like yes, well done, well done. But I, this this. The cynical side of me does suggest, like, well, they need to jump her forward a hundred years, and he'd be a loose end if they were like, "Oh, what happened mm. to that guy you were in love with? Oh, yeah, well, we were together like thirty years. He had a heart attack, yeah. and and they can't upset. have a scene where she goes to meet him as an old man because yeah. everyone would go, Captain America rip off, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was a bit cynical in the sense of like, oh well, they they could they can do it like that way they had to do it that way sort of thing chris but pine's too big a star to do a an abc series for two seasons before <laughs> getting cancelled that no one likes yeah well 
I mean, nonetheless, they did it, didn't they? And they killed him off, and I think it works really nicely. And yeah. and so so they need that love story there to justify her feelings by the end, and so they had to get it in there, I suppose. Um, well, but, it's it's feeling love at the end that helps her conquer the uh, the bad guy, isn't it? That's what sort of spurs. Well, her I mean, on it really is love conquers evil, quite literally, isn't it? Which is a bit annoying. I, I must admit, I hated at the end of this film. It just turns into Power Rangers, yeah. and I hated it. <laughs> it's just utter nonsense, meaningless words that are just being thrown around. Just bullshit. Wow me up. I mean, you know, it, it's no worse than a lot of films I've seen that have done similar stuff. But it was very much like, oh, you've unlocked the ability of believe in believing in yourself. You had the power <laughs> all along. The, yeah. the the secret yeah. juice yeah. was just water, and. Uh, yeah, then she laser beams the bad guy and it's all fine. And it's just like, oh, great. Well, that's it. I think my my general feeling with this film is that despite all these possible flaws or despite all these issues, I still walked away enjoying it. And um, and it's not a film I... It's not a film genre I typically like. So it's mm. doing something right, obviously. Mm. That, that That's much the same for me. I just then get really annoyed when people act like it's flawless, when it's so riddled with flaws. But I know I do like the film, and I, I want to keep saying that just to make it very clear that this is a mm. oh, yeah. good film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely yeah. one of my favourite elements of this film is the acting. I think there's a great range of character actors in this, and they're utilised very well. So, I mean, the, the you two, you two leads, you got... Gal, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, great. Both yep. do serve their great function really well. Great chemistry as well between you, them. Mm. I want to give you credit to this, Sol. You flagged up Chris Pine as being a good actor when I only knew him as Kip, Captain Kirk. And I, I genuinely have seen think, him do things since then that I was like, you know what, he's right. He, he's, he is actually very good. I hope he'll yeah. kind of get a bit more kind of juicy character roles in future. Hmm. Um, uh, who, then who we got the the ragtag group? We got Said Tamoi, um, mm. Ewan, um, Bremner. Ewan Bremner. Well, there's a whole a whole load of people who who like have never done a film before in there as well, pretty much. Or they've done like one or two tiny little roles. The chief is like a stuntman, isn't he? Oh, yeah. So he, he gets a little bit lost in it, doesn't he? He, he doesn't quite yeah. get the kind of character development. Yeah. Um, but it's always nice to see Spud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ewan Bremner's a great actor. Uh, and David Fulis in there. Yeah, I yes. love David Fulis. Yeah, he's my too. favorite. He's so good. It's a big twist that he ends up being the villain at the end, Ares. Yeah, um, isn't it? It's so funny when you see a flashback and he's all like muscly with a mustache. It is quite like odd. a seventies porn tash. <laughs> it works. It works. Oh yeah, because, no, it does. Because oh, yeah, when he's yeah, playing yeah. like a politician, David Thewlis mm. is the level who would play a politician in two scenes in this film, and and that and you don't question that at all. So then when he, t- <laughs> so yeah, it was I, nice I kind of knew twist. something because for the m- most part we have Danny Houston and um, I'm not sure who the other uh, woman is, the one with the sort of like uh, porcelain coverings. Yeah, on I did. Half find, her face. I must admit, I found those two guys a little bit car- cartoonish. Yeah. Oh, I, I loved, loved them. them. I loved them so I'm much. I'm not saying it, it, it didn't necessarily work within the context of it, but they it was just slightly out of tone. Oh, you, my, well, my favourite bit in the film is when Danny Houston is, like, gassing a room full of, like, German officials and he, like, throws a gas mask in and closes the door and she's like, but what, what are you doing? That The gas masks won't work. The gas will just go right through. And he's like, yeah, but they don't know that. And then they, like, laugh, throw <laughs> their heads back. <laughs> laugh I, Germanically. I loved that. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was so fun. Oh, I miss this from superhero films. We never have colourful, eccentric, campy villains like this anymore. Yes, and we I... do. 
Captain America had fucking Red Skull and the the computer man, the guy who puts his head in a computer. They're like you crazy Nazis. It's- and then you've got you've got it's it's yeah, but then you've got like Danny Houston. It's like mm, it's not <laughs> not exactly Hugo Weaving, is he? Well, exactly. That's the thing. I just didn't think they were. Yeah. I like the idea of these crazy Nazi. I mean, not Nazi uh, Kaiser. You know, ang- well, no, they're not. What are they in this? They're, like, they're Germans. What more do you want? Yeah, but I, I like the idea of these characters. I just don't think they're done very well here. I, I'm not sold by the performances. I, I don't think they're written as well as they might be. I just, they, oh, I think they're great. Yeah, the, the I whole movie could have been done this better. one. I wasn't sold on them. But I and like the, the rest the... of the cast. We should probably talk about the whole um, World War One thing as well because uh, mm. it is a different. I know we joked earlier on, but World War One is a very different kettle of fish to World War Two. World War Two was very much if you're a Nazi, you're a bad guy, and we can all agree on that. Whereas World War One, the troops in the trenches were not necessarily there by ideology. It was more just because someone yeah. got assassinated somewhere that invoked that treaty for that country and that well, treaty for that country. So I'm gonna have to question. Are. I'm gonna have to question I, your I, distinction on, to in, the, in the Second World War as well. Like, it's not yeah. like people yeah. were oh, conscripted in the, the Second, Second World War. Was a very clean cut um, distinction mm. between evil and uh, good. I, I think it's been painted into a more clean-cut narrative yeah. with hindsight. <laughs> the Nazis have definitely the become like the that. kind of poster boys of evil, but uh, that doesn't mean that everyone was fi- who was fighting on the German side was a, a fully signed-up Nazi and uh, wasn't just forced to be there because they were raised in that environment. Uh, whilst whilst what you say is very true, it, it was a, a different uh, kettle of fish, historically speaking. I don't think this film really gets into that in a massive amount. I think no, they, they uh, keep it they keep it pretty small. I think by the end it kind of does. It makes some kind of distinction between like, I mean, this is after Wonder Woman's just kicked a load of German ass, so I'm not sure it's <laughs> still relevant. But at the very end, they are at this, like, German airbase and some of the German troops do kind of get up and they take their masks off and it humanizes a lot of them for the like the first time in the film. Um... And I thought that was quite nice. It shows them putting their arms around each other and, oh, you're right, mate, and all that kind of stuff. It's not like she kills them all immediately. Like, I think you would have to with Nazis. Um, yeah. Are we still there with Nazis? I mean, are we not starting to develop the grey area of Nazis? <laughs> are you joking? Of- no, I don't mean like in terms of the f- the philosophy, but I mean in terms of well, the yeah, we, we- 18-year-old boys who were in the trenches and being killed. I don't think there's... Um, what, her, what, who's it from The Office? She was really good in this. I really like Lucy her. Davis. Yes, yes. I yeah, thought she, she was she very was, fun. She was. She, she was, she was sort of doing a Gervais impression. It's, it's like she was like, right, time, time to step up, and mm. the, the teacher has become the master. Mm. I, I, I think like her and David. <laughs> Wait, Lewis... what? No, sorry, the student has become the teacher. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think her and David uh, Lewis kind of threw me off a lot of my expectations of the film. Like, I, I probably wasn't expecting Chris Pine to die and for him to mm. become the main villain because they just seem like, oh, this is M and this is Money Penny. Yeah. And Chris, yeah. they're going to give Chris Pine his adventures and he's going to go off and this will continue on for the next film or whatever. Uh, do you think this, this film? Do you think this film benefits from like not being too American? Because it might just be to my 
eyes because I'm not American, but having that kind of having a British cast, having having Said Tomiz, who's French, I think, but of like North African descent, uh, having a um, Ewan Bremner in there and stuff like that, it's um, it kind of I don't know, it gives it a different flavor, it gives it a British flavor, particularly I think, with most yeah, of them. Yeah, if they were all and American, it, kind of, it would be a bit more gung ho and yeah. fly the flag in a way that's a bit. Uh... The, Brit- know, the Brits are a bit more like a stiff upper lip kind of thing. Mm. Well, it's, not, it's not even that. It's it's a mixture of, of you know, the, the ragtag team aren't all British. You know, it's it's like, it's just a bunch of, a right bunch of lads. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps that, like, especially the kind of British person that David Lewis represents much of the film, you know, how Britain is perceived as quite prudish mm. and snobbish, and especially at that time. Um, I'm sure America was just as bad, maybe even worse. But for her to be a powerful woman in that setting um, mm. makes yes. a lot of sense. Yes, there was a there was a part of it where where she first comes into this into the world, so to speak, and and she sees this war and stuff like that, and she's going, well, let's go over there and sort them out, and 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 Chris, uh, Steve, Trevor keeps going, um, <laughs> keeps going, Steve well, <laughs> keeps going like. Well, no, I mean, we you don't understand the situation. Like, there's shit going on here. And she's like, no, let's go and fight them. And then they get to this little Belgian village or whatever. And she just goes, right, let's go and fight them. And she kind of kills everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And at, at that point, and this is, shows how little faith I have in Hollywood, I guess, I was beginning to think, like, oh, my God, the message of this film is going to be, if you want to defeat your enemies, do you just have to fight harder? Or you just have to, like, believe in yourself or something? No, 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 no. You, you have to fight them, but you have to be a... Uh, being bestowed with superpowers. Yes, uh, yeah, but she was just saying like, "What? Well, yeah, they're sh- they're shooting us. Why don't we go and kill them?" Kind of thing. But obviously, the point of that was that she was she has come from a different place and she doesn't understand and she had to learn. And the f- process of the film is her learning about this situation and how best to deal with it. And I like that. But it, I think it says a lot about what I think of Hollywood that I thought they were just going to go with. Oh, she defeats everyone by beating them up and falls in love. And World yeah. War One is yeah was going to be you know solved yeah. and, and she saved it finished by her and then we enter an alternate history and mm. yeah uh, so uh, you know um, I, I kind of I was I was at a point in the, watching the film like going like, oh god this is this could go very terribly wrong but it, you know it paid off it worked out um, I do um, love that whole sequence, though, when she that's the first time she properly goes full-on Wonder Woman. She's got the uniform and everything. She's going over the trenches and <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's the noise uh, that comes on when she turns into Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Oh, right. That's but one of the other that... things they inherited from the other films that didn't fit in here at all. And they were like, oh, I guess we've got to put that theme tune in somewhere. <laughs> so they use it very sparingly when she like jumps through a wall at one point. But that whole action sequence, like I think there are probably only about three big action set pieces in the film, and that's one of them. It's my favorite. I think it's really cool. She's jumping through buildings, taking out people. She's awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it does say a lot that I enjoyed a film that included a golden lasso of truth or whatever it's called <laughs> I mean, there was definitely elements of this film that i was just like oh what the fuck is this yeah. <laughs> i mean it, it is really stupid but to their credit they handle it really well like they make a gag out of it at first and then it, it is a formidable weapon and they keep bringing it back every now and then it's yeah they handle it quite well and they don't 
they don't turn it into a joke as much as Marvel would have done. Um, they are a bit more sincere. Obviously, they make a joke out of it, but it's not quite as like this whole thing's a comedy now uh, in the way that Marvel would have done, which I suppose is the, mm. the difference between the, the two uh, companies. Not that what Marvel's doing is, you know. I, I think Wonder Woman is a, a solid, pretty conventional blockbuster, but there's just there's a there's a handful of little like tweaks to the formula that mm. kind of make it feel fresh. Yeah. And they're yeah. they're largely what people seem to be picking up on as the uh, reasons to love it. If we did halves on our um, scoring on our official website, I would give it seven point five out of ten, but um mm. As we like don't, quarters. it'll just have to be a seven. I get we do it. We do it out of ha- well, it's out of five on the website actually. It's a five oh god! Star oh, oh, three and a half stars. And yeah, sorry. <laughs> I love our website. I I, <laughs> <laughs> I gave it eight, uh, which is very high praise. For praise me, indeed, for, yeah. For, for this type of film, yeah. Yeah, but you liked Suicide Squad when it first came out. Yeah, so you, I'm sure. Let, in let, six let's not time, forget. It'll... Yeah, you gave Suicide Squad a seven. So this yeah. is one better than Suicide Squad. Is what you're so doing. when we get around to actually talking about the Justice League, I'm sure you'll be like, oh, I don't know what I was on. I saw it with my girlfriend and I was just getting noshed off. <laughs> That's like like Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah. So um, what the hell is Justice League then? <laughs> I know it's like it's like the Avengers with different characters, right? Is it just a standalone thing, or is it the part one of a two-parter? It was going to be part one and part two, and then they, I think they picked up on a bit of backlash saying, fuck off, and they were like, no, right, it's not, it's, uh, and Marvel had done a similar thing before them. I think the thing was, mm. Marvel, Marvel had announced that their Avengers 3 and 4 were going to be part one and part two of Infinity War, and then they turned around and were like, actually... The first one's Infinity War, the fourth one's a different thing. We've realised that those titles suggest it's going to be parts one and two of the same narrative, but it's actually going to be two standalone films that are just kind of, you know, one's a sequel to the other, and, and so we kind of mm. don't want to give the wrong impression. And I How think could Justice possibly League... possibly have not realised that was going to give the wrong impression? <laughs> but then Justice League <laughs> sort of turned around and was like, I think they actually turned around and said we're not doing it as two parts, we've rewritten it or something. I, I don't quite know, but basically... I think they, they said we can't afford to make two films now. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we're doing one and if it's not a hit, we're all bankrupt. But it, but it's had a weird... I mean, obviously it was a Zack Snyder production, but like... Uh, as as we discussed a while ago on the show, he um, had some family issues and and stepped away from the film. And Joss Whedon, of all people, stepped in to to do it in a kind of mm. uh, attempt to up J.J. Abrams being the Star Trek Star Wars man, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's been doing very, very, very extensive reshoots. I believe they they originally announced just you know basic reshoots, but. I think they mm, keep adding more and more and more. And if you've seen the latest trailers, it comes across like a Joss Whedon film. Um, mm. Full of little sarky jokes and stuff. So, That's on the one hand... <laughs> well, I, I think it looks a lot better than it did. I'll, I'll give it that much. I'm actually like vaguely intrigued for it. I think it could end up being good fun now. On the other hand... 
I don't know. Do we need the Avengers exactly again, but with different people? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Hmm. Do we need it again with the same people? <laughs> well, no, not exactly again, no. So who's who's in the Justice League? Who are your players? Who are the big players? Batman. Right, know him. Superman. Boring, go on. <laughs> Wonder Woman. I like her so far. Aquaman. <laughs> uh, yeah, untested. <laughs> <laughs> the Flash. I've seen him in loads of films. Exactly, <laughs> you know him For in four seconds at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's all they're doing in this. Oh, oh there's no, Robot there's Man, the isn't cyborg. There? Yeah, cyborg. Yeah, the cyborg. Yeah, uh, they should call him Iron Man. Mm. I don't think it's made out so, of iron. <laughs> neither is Iron Man. Um, so the Aquaman. Um, what does he do? Swim. He lives yeah. underwater. He's he's the son of he, Poseidon or something, isn't he? He controls fish with his brain. Yeah. Um, I don't know with his. I don't know if it's with his brain. Maybe he just talks to them. But I was going to say, if he controls them without their permission, is that going to go down? Okay. Does a fish still okay to use them? Yeah, like uh, fish aren't even animals. Yeah. If you're a, you, people, always call themselves vegetarians and eat fish. So it's yeah, fuck fish, right? <laughs> Stupid fish. Okay, so he has the power of fish. Um, what else? <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> has he got I mean, gills? I, I, How does he breathe underwater? He's strong. A- Aquaman is basically Thor, but from underwater. I think that's pretty mm. much. What can you're can he breathe underwater? Does he have to like resurface every twenty minutes to breathe? I think he can breathe underwater. Ooh, does he have gills? I think he's a Neptunian and all all that comes with it. So I don't know. Not Neptunian. Well, so he's a god. What the fuck? Not Neptunian. Atlantean. What does um what does a cyborg do? He's a robot. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna guess he, he shoots lasers and is strong and maybe he's got a jetpack or something, but I have no idea what mm. he is. I'm I'm guessing that all. Because I know that the flash is fast. Is that all he does? Yep. Yeah, but he's played by Ezra Miller, who's great. So well, I'm hoping there must that... be more to it than that, right? Well, he's super fast. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, but has he not got any like side powers? Like what? You got... What do you want him um, to have? Like, if he runs fast enough, can he turn back time? I think mm. so. Yeah, probably. That's more than oh, it's no. more than Batman's got, isn't it? Yeah, but Superman did it. Yeah, but my my point is, Alan wants more than one power. Batman's got no powers. Mm. I'm not saying oh, they sh- I'm not saying they've got to have more. Power. I'm saying that. These characters get developed over the years, and the, the people like add extra stuff in it. Oh yeah, actually, he can make his like hands go inside out or something. I think I think <laughs> the Flash <laughs> great power. <laughs> well, it's useful if he's he's puts in if he gets put in handcuffs. It's very useful. Um, so they they haven't done anything with the Flash. Actually, the Flash does travel through time because he pops yeah because he goes in things. Batman v exactly. I thought that's what you were getting at because he goes. No, ah, I was just making, was just making up stupid shit. Like, thinking it was no. Stupid. I think I think he actually does do that, and they're probably going to include it in the new film. Uh, uh, anyway, Justice League. The villain's called Steppenwolf, uh, and it's not the band. Is that two villains? Step and Wolf. <laughs> the <laughs> twin. The twins. Oh God! Anyway, oh, oh, pictures. Okay. Yes, let's let's. Who wants I've, to go first? I've, I've got one that's not bogged down with detail. All right. Oh, brilliant. Um, so I was thinking, you know, obvious 
thing to do, just a straightforward sequel, follow from Wonder one Man, her lazy <laughs> husband. He, he always comes home late from work and he's so unhappy, he's never even thanks her for cooking dinner. So she bonks him on head with rolling pin. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that would be no. Um, okay. So we start with uh, you know you got Diana. She's tries to settle into a more normal life, and through connections at the British government, they arrange a new identity for her. She can kind of live a relatively normal life, um, and maybe work for them undercover or working she, for the government. In some does way. she like touch some lepers, but then the British royals have her assassinated? Uh, is that a, just a Lady Di reference? <laughs> I just thought that was, that, that's the that kind an, of thing you. What's the kind of thing you do? Is that an alleged a assassination attempt? <laughs> it's just the kind of thing you pitch. You, you, you know. That would be a terrible. She's married taste. Prince Charles and <laughs> uh, ruffle some feathers and. No, <laughs> see the trouble is I have respect for Wonder Woman, so as a character, Oof. so I couldn't I couldn't possibly tie her into that. But in this anyway. universe, Prince Charles is played by. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, there you <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> um, she's working for the government in some capacity, but she soon tires of this life. She's The men don't take her seriously, and um, everyone sort of treats her with suspicion because she has a foreign accent, and uh, they just sort of think that's a bit dodgy in 1990. Then we have, we have the sort of second chapter. It's like the wandering years where she has to sort of go away and find herself... I thought it would be good if she could join a circus. Um, she's mm. she's doing like uh, horse riding and, and rope tricks. Um, just to, well, She um, makes horses tell the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, you see, you could have a lot of fun with that. You know, she's playing with a lasso and then she she hooks someone and then they go, oh, I had an affair. And she goes, oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Uh, she, you know, she's finding herself. She, maybe she's struggling mentally. Uh, turns to the bottle, whatever. Uh, so this is like the, this is the low point, you know. But here, she in the circus, she teams up with some other circus members, and a bit like in the first film, you know, where she, she gets the circus. Of, this Marie, yes, <laughs> she teams up with uh, the circus is um, motion captured by Andy Circus. Uh, he plays the tent of the circus. Um, <laughs> he, play, he plays the, the circus. It's like a sentient yes. entity. Like in the first one, we get this sort of ragtag bunch of uh, whatever. But I, I need your help here because I was thinking, like, what what circus members would make a good sort of team? Because the idea is that they're going to go from town to town and then sort of end up helping local problems, like the A team, basically. So I need a core group of four or five characters led by Wonder Woman, um, uh. th- who are circus folk. So I mean, strong a tr- like man. A, yeah, a strong the, man, yeah, the, very good. The, the, um, the crab hands man <laughs> from the freak show. Is that, um, <laughs> I mean, this is like 1920s. He probably will have a bit of freak show. Element. John Merrick. Th- there's that person from uh, that freaks film who was like half man, half woman, and literally like down the middle would wear like yeah, yeah. half a dress on one side and man's clothes on another. The human I pillow. <laughs> I mean, Shag I'm, I'm looking Anne. for. People, people with like, sort of like maybe a trapeze artist. Um, oh, <laughs> you know, strong man, um... strong man is good. I mean, you 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 went straight to freaks. You went straight to freaks. That's fine. But I mean, I was thinking about people with skills. The guy, talents, the, the guy who runs the the ring toss game. <laughs> yeah, just a carny who's just yeah, like he's yeah. good at talking his way out of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bearded women can still have skills, Alan. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but that that growing a beard isn't particularly a skill that lion be tamer well, well used to help local people. Oh, a lion tamer, yes, because he can have his lion with him. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly, yes. Now we now we're there. Okay, so we got strong man, lion tamer, a really a really fat woman. That was an attraction back in the day, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? A big morbidly fat woman. obese, uh, an elephant that can fly. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you're crossing over again then. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she, she basically that's that's your main point. Is that is that, <laughs> is that a name? Of, sounds like a stripper name, but Just something you get at the circus. Again, not something <laughs> particularly. But we could incorporate candy things floss. Like, that. like they could like beat someone up and then put them in the popcorn machine. Ah, very good. Ooh, that'd yeah. hurt. That. Yeah. Well, there you go. Ooh. <laughs> so they go around being the A-team, um, mm. but in 1920s. Uh, but this uh, this invigorates... A clown. Uh, well, it seemed a bit... What do... Yeah, what can a clown do, though, in terms of fighting crime? It, like... Its mouth, kind of, like, extends out of its mouth, and it's got, like, hundreds of teeth. And it no, it's you. a real clown. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> a human clown. <laughs> so... <clears throat> She, this invigorates her back to kind of like, oh, right, I, I want to do something with my life. And so uh, she she gets her back together. And ultimately, basically, this sort of helping the the, the, the little people and, and, uh, and fighting against injustice. Oh, the, what? The little people at the circus? In the freak show again? <laughs> She's fighting against them. Um, and this, this develops into her getting involved with uh, women's rights, suffrage, uh, the movement for... Uh, women's rights, which was, you know, at the time, big thing. Um, not so much now. But uh, the problem with this is that uh, the really sort of good stuff in terms of women's suffrage was like before the war, um, because that's when they were like smashing buildings up and stuff, and like uh, going on hunger strikes and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so by this point, in 1918, there was uh, votes for women over... Th- in 1918, there was votes for women over 30... And things like that. So it already started moving on by this point. But here's something interesting I found out that I'm sure we can use in some way. Back in back in the day when it was all kicking off, the uh, the suffragettes, uh, the particularly militant ones, had um, bodyguards, an all female bodyguards, who uh, were like trained in jujitsu, and uh, were generally uh, you know in the media they were sometimes referred to as the uh, the Amazons. Um, so I think we could definitely use this. Like maybe she becomes like a kind of a leader of a, a sort of troop of bodyguards in the in the in the women's suffrage movement, um, and it just fit the period. And I think it gives us a lot of uh, that. Give us a lot of scope to to look at, um, you know, feminism, obviously, uh, but also the the grey area of the the period it's it's trying to balance that like the period of what was happening in the period of time relating it to now contemporary issues which i think they do quite nicely in the original film uh making that relevant uh so but anyway, the ultimate message is of course um radical feminism uh, but tempered by uh, your kind of everyday reality which is uh, you know what we have to deal with day to day isn't it and oh, and it's quite. good because Marvel have got Black Panther coming up, so you're giving DC a suffragette movie to to go up against. Mm. Them. Mm. Civil rights, very good, very good. Superheroes, sexism and racism. 
Done. Dealt mm. with. Two films. Move on. <laughs> mine might be a, a good pitch to follow yours then, Alan. Okay. Because uh, m- mine is called Blunder Woman. <laughs> and it's, it's basically a series of... Um, it's a series of online shorts... Around that, um, what, who's her from The Office again? Oh, Lucy Davis. <laughs> Lucy Davis. Yes, it's about her character, and uh, my pitch is to do yes a series of online sort of shorts, like you know, viral marketing stuff. Um, film it in like a nineteen eighteen style, so um, you know, like Charlie Chaplin silent yeah. movie sort of thing. <laughs> and it's her sort of what she does while Steve and Wonder Woman are off in Germany. And um, the running thread is that Apollo, David Lewis, is going to keep, like, bursting into flame and stuff. But Apollo. while she's... T- da- it's not David Lewis. <laughs> it's David Thewlis. <laughs> he plays Ares. Oh, that one then. Yeah. I, I watched the film last night, by the way. Um, he's And part of the running gag is that she doesn't notice that he's actually a, a war god and he's doing stuff and... Uh, meanwhile, she's carrying on with day-to-day duties and, uh, you know, going to a cafe and fumbling around and knocking over teapots and stuff and every time she does something like that it's going to be like a cut to like a 1918 man with a big moustache and there's going to be a title card that comes up saying how can we give women the vote when she exists and uh, you know stuff like that it's going to be great it's going to be wonderful uh okay so she's like uh is, is it it's physical comedy right yes lots of slapstick um, and so is she like a kind of uh, 1920 Melissa McCarthy? That is exactly what she is. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. So like a kind of okay. female Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Zazu Pitts and Thelma Todd, if you will. Ah. Why did she knock over a teapot? What was that? What was that? that seems strangely specific. It's just what people did in 1918, I guess. What, made tea? Uh, that was all you could think of. Could she... When you linger on these kind of not well thought through pitches, it, it sort of shines a light on it, doesn't it? Well, okay, well, let's, let's beef it up a bit. Uh, so is she, I think is she, is she, needs a running, she needs a running theme. Like, what is she trying to achieve, but then doesn't? The vote. So she is trying to get uh, the vote for women. Yes. So, uh, who, who's her anta- the antagonist then? Ares. Men. Apollo. Is there oh, oh, Ares. Ares, yes. So, <laughs> do- the world around her. Can Life he develop? Can he develop his moustache? So it's Herself. A bit- She's her own worst <laughs> enemy. She's always tripping over her feet. He'll have a different style moustache in each episode. <laughs> Can we have can we have that every kind of every time something is just about to work she gets distracted because she sees a cake and has to go in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can guest star Fatty Arbuckle in uh, a couple of episodes. <laughs> um I think she needs a dog sidekick. Yes, uh we'll call it Lucky Dog <laughs> and it'll be a little scrappy border terrier. <laughs> And it'll like, like pull on the coattails of important men, and then Apollo will like flame it. Oh, Ares, Ares will uh, like flame it or something, and he has to get her a new dog then. To so one of so one of the f- one of the films could be called Get Lucky. Um, Brilliant. 
I'm pretty sure that is a either a Charlie Chaplin or a Laurel and Hardy Laurel film. And These Hardy. dogs are always. Oh, is it? There's a Laurel. Well, there's a Laurel and Hardy. Their first film on screen together before they were like a double act is called The Lucky Dog. Oh, that's must be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love mm. Laurel and Hardy. It's brilliant. Is it though? Yes. So, Sol, what's uh, what's your pitch? <laughs> My my pitch is drawing upon the old uh, Greek mythology side of things because obviously Wonder Woman is heavily influenced by all that stuff. So it's the twelve tasks of Wonder Woman. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> are you going to go through all twelve? If you want. Okay. Cool. Um, <clears throat> is this twelve films or? <laughs> series? Well, I- Maybe, maybe if uh, depending on how Justice League does, maybe they'll they'll do it as a Netflix series. But <laughs> it could just be one film. Might might have a bit of trouble with the structure. But hey, the twelve tasks of Asterix is pretty good, so uh, it can be done. <laughs> it can be done. Okay. Um, does she have to right. kill like a Minotaur or something? So Ares, right? Not Apollo. Mm-hmm. Ares was destroyed by Wonder Woman. And, uh, yes. So, oh, so it's a direct sequel. Yeah, yeah, it's a sequel to Wonder Woman. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we never normally do them this direct. So. <laughs> Ares gets sent to Hades, and uh, so he's 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 in Hades. He's gonna cook up all sorts of revenge down there, isn't he? Um, and. He makes some sort of deal with uh, Hades himself. That that's the the guy, not the place. They're the same name. Very confusing. He make right. So Ares makes a deal with Hades, and he's he's given the opportunity to turn Lady Di temporarily insane, and through various tricks of the mind, and she marries Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Uh, she's driven into a blind rage and she kills oh, many. I thought you were going to say people. she's driven into a tunnel. Oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, she, she's turned temporarily insane. She's driven into a blind rage and she kills many innocent people. Uh, and. After this temporary insanity passes, she she's understandably distraught and returns to the elders on the island for guidance. And the oracle states that she must undergo a ritual of punishment for the attacks. Uh, it's basically Amazonian community service, and she's given a checklist of twelve quote unquote impossible tasks to complete. So my tasks that I've got, I mean, they don't have to be this, but, you know, just examples. Smash the patriarchy! No, she has to, she has to get the hide of uh, Killer Croc. She has to get his skin, okay. right? Um, what, one well, of, does, uh, does she do that? She has to kill him to do that? Well, no, she can just skin him. And, yeah. Well, Make that would skin. kill him, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're... We're okay with killing that character. He's a villain. I mean, it'd be it'd be no loss to the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has to get one of Superman's hairs because uh, a well-known puzzle in the DC universe is is how how on earth does Superman shave? Eh? Because um, his hairs are as strong as he is. That's established. That's canon. Does does he do it with a blowtorch like uh, Desperate Dan? <laughs> <laughs> He's got very strong hairs. <laughs> so. 
So Lady Di has to convince him to to show her how he shaved his beard off in the first film, and he agrees to do so off camera, of course. Uh, she has to kill Doomsday. That's just one of them on here. So like What's Doomsday? That thing out of Batman v Superman. Bring it back to life. No. Go on. Uh, she has to get a power ring from a from a lantern. A green lantern. Is that? Well, I, I was thinking she could get a yellow a yellow lantern. Mysterio, the villain, take his ring. Uh, she has to she has to get Hercules' pet deer because because um, in, in the twelve tasks of Hercules, Hercules has to get Diana's pet deer. So um, it's a little, little okay. inversion for you. Uh, is he is he very, very protective of his deer? Yeah, it's his pet. Okay. Uh, the Minotaur. What does she do with it once she's got it? Probably kills it, eats it. I don't know. Oh, right. oh <laughs> uh, can't can't ever doing that. Why not? She's killed loads of innocent people and and killer croc and stuff. This is this is. Dr- it's like a rule in films, isn't it? That you have to like it, it's a quick route to um, an audience liking your hero if you see them like stroking an animal or something. And I did <laughs> notice actually because I read that, and then in Spider Man Homecoming, strokes in like one of the spider. first few scenes, he he strokes the cat on the Chinese takeaway counter or whatever. And Tommy was old as it in um, the room. Oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> You're my favorite customer. Uh, more on that next week. Um, so, uh, uh, so that there's a minotaur the in Riddler's yeah. in Riddler's little maze that you made. Remember that episode, Calvin? Oh yeah. Yeah, I see the minotaur. Yeah. So the minotaur is established in the DC universe, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she has to clean up Metropolis after the state it was left in after whatever latest Batman. A woman Superman cleaning up. Fight. <laughs> oh, so what have you done? <laughs> oh, no. Don't like that. Don't like that one bit. Just she has to... to cook dinner for the, for, the, for the president. She has to drive away an annoying flock of birds. That's just again. That's just something Hercules does in the original story. Oh, right. That's just one of the real tasks, but. Um, <laughs> That's, is that one of the impossible tasks? Like, yeah, <laughs> making a flock of birds fly yeah. off. These are all based on the original tasks. I've just updated them. Good, yeah, good. Uh, she has to obtain Batman's utility belt. She has to steal an, an infinity gem from Thanos just to uh, just to confuse people like you, Alan. Oh, and mess that's with the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> um. She has to get a, a copy of Action Comics number one from Nicolas Cage because he's got one. <laughs> he's got one. Now that's that. Now I'm interested in this scene. What? <laughs> the valued at over three million dollars. Uh, so yeah. So how does she finagle into Nicolas Cage's bank vault that he keeps in his basement? I presume she just sort of like. Because I think she could like. She just runs in, going like, <laughs> and Nicolas Cage sort of like, you know, like in Shaun of the Dead when they dress up like zombies and they just think they're other zombies, so they leave them alone. He thinks it's like another Nicolas Cage, so he doesn't like. It's fine. He, he just leaves it. He, he thinks it's normal. Could she distract him by like buying him a Superman outfit? So he tries <laughs> it on. Well, it's of course, some, he's a big some fan sort of, of strange, hers. blurry footage of it. He's a big fan of hers anyway, from all his comic books. So. He's probably like he'll be really excited to meet her and and have a meal and ask if he can join the uh, Justice League. 
and say, "Look, I've got, I've got, um, I've got my costume already." <laughs> uh, I, heard, I heard your last Superman died, so uh, I can be the new one. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll give you Batman's email address. Get in touch with him." <laughs> it's Batman at mail dot com. And now, of course, the the hardest item that she she has to come across on the list. Uh, she is must the, seek the out... milk of human kindness. Mm, not quite. Uh, no, she must seek out a positive review of Suicide Squad. And <laughs> after after spending years trawling through publications, she she stumbles upon a low end <laughs> film podcast where some tit called Alan gave it a seven out of ten. It was later retracted. Does it still count? <laughs> And uh, so she she does all that and earns her, her pathos and redemption, and that's the end. And if you d- yeah. if you don't like it, then you don't like Greek mythology. So take it up with them. Xenophobic. Well, we covered a lot of ground there. <laughs> Feminism, xenophobia. Will you be seeing Justice League at the cinema? Uh, um, if it gets really good reviews, probably. If it doesn't, probably not. Who's the bad guy? Steppenwolf. <laughs> what the fuck is a Steppenwolf? It's his name. Kieran Hines. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so next week, a completely different scale. You're my favourite customer. Room. Oh, hi, doggy. Um, and so we're going to have a lot of fun next week, I think. I think it's going to be a nice, fun one because we're going to be taking the piss out of the room, uh, which is a well, traditional what, which activity. This one. <sighs> What's wrong with the room that you're in? I, I take issue with the fact with the, the notion that we didn't have fun this week. Uh, oh hi, Cav! It's gonna be all sorts of Doctor. <laughs> oh, we're gonna be doing like so that. many impressions. Yeah, so many impressions mm. next week and spoons. <laughs> uh, I've got a picture with Tommy Wiseau. We can we can put up. Oh, so do I. Sol, where's your picture with Tommy Wiseau? I'll draw one. (laughs) So, yes, be sure to come back next week for our The Room episode, and if you want more Diminishing Returns in the meanwhile, you can head over to our website, dimreturns.com, to listen to past episodes, read written reviews, and other interesting articles. Also, if you haven't already, we'd really love it if you could head over to iTunes and subscribe to us and give us a positive rating so that other people like yourself can find the podcast. Until next week, so long for now.